interpersonal relationships. If you look at your life, you would find most of our life is spent in interpersonal relationships. It is not just one of the aspects of our life. It is the one aspect of our life which consumes our maximum time. This begins right when we are little children. Interpersonal relationships begin when we are as an infant. We have a mother and a father. We have siblings, we have aunts, uncles. We have neighbors, friends, well-wishers. We have people with whom we don't have any relation but we are some way connected. Maybe a shop owner, maybe a milk supplier, maybe a newspaper supplier, maybe a maid servant. They have all been in our life right from our children, childhood. We live in a human society, therefore we have a lot of humans around us and we have a lot of interactions with them, knowingly or unknowingly. Much of our time is spent in dealing with them. But interestingly, many people think it does not require any attention. It is alright if I am good in my career, I am good in my intellectual achievements, or I am good in certain talents, I learn how to be a good musician or a good sportsman. I don't care for this aspect of my life. But if you look at it, it is this aspect of your life which will bring you a tremendous sense of satisfaction if you have cultivated it properly. If you have known its, uh, uh, let's say, secrets, if you have learned how to have proper relationship with others. Now look at it further. UNESCO in uh, 1997, they brought out one document they called it as uh, education, the treasure within. In that they refer to the four pillars of, uh, of education. First pillar they called as a pillar of learning to do things. There is a first pillar of education, learning to do things. You learn certain skills. In fact, you don't need higher education for that. You can become a good carpenter, a good electrician, a good plumber, a good gardener, driver. You don't need higher education for that. You're learning to do. But if you have to do higher kind of things, for example, setting up a, a power plant or building up an airport or a port or uh, running a company, you need higher education or higher skills. But skills is what you're learning, learning to do things. Then they say, the second pillar is the learning to be, what kind of person you are. Alright, you have learned so, so many skills, but as a person, you are not honest, you are not up to the mark in moral standards, your dealing with others is filled with some kind of cheating, cunning, low cunning. You know, Swamiji in one place he says, please remember nothing great can be achieved in this life with low cunning. Some people are very cunning, they are like crows. Sri Ramakrishna used to say they are like crows. You know, crow is very cunning, supposed to be. So what does he finally end up? He ends up eating up people's spit. Which means, with all his cunning, he just ends up eating something which is very, uh, considered very low. So, or a person may be very saintly. 
he has learned to become so he has learned to be and get better person he has certain principles to stand on he is honest he is a gentleman he is uh, he is trying to help others he has developed a higher aspect of life so this is a second pillar of his life learn second pillar of education learning to be learning to do and learning to be third pillar is what we are discussing today is called learning to live with others unesco has recognized that as an important part of education that is learning to live with others it's very important in fact in management studies they refer to it as a transactional analysis <coughs> of course it is in a some a different angle but then you have some reference to this that uh, how do we deal with each other we analysis you know that both of us benefit properly or equally learning to live with others is the third pillar and the fourth pillar i'll just make a reference but we'll not uh, dwell upon that the fourth pillar is learning to learn at all your life you have to learn humility shri ramakrishna used to say as long as i live so long do i learn in fact you start <coughs> learning when you start teaching you suppose you have learned some english literature or you have learned uh, some subject in which you are very good how much you have learned you will know it when you start telling it to somebody who does not know it then oh i have to come down so many steps then only he will understand i was thinking i will just make one statement he will understand he did not understand so i have to state it restate it round about i have to come back the other person's uh, capacity to understand is only this much so i must say in this way so even after knowing everything now you are learning learning to teach <coughs> and after teaching everything everything again you think that's not sufficient there may be many more things to further learn the person whom you taught he may go further he may learn more things from you what you know he will learn certain things more than that also so anyway so this is the last one learning to learn shri ramakrishna used to say as long as i live so long do i learn so the third pillar is this the pillar of interpersonal relationships he said that in the beginning that our most of our time is spent in dealing with others knowingly or unknowingly there are lot of people in our lives some people are visible some are not visible we have to deal with them also some people recognize that you are dealing with them some people take it for granted that you are dealing will be very cold for example uh, a bus driver will not ex- expect the time type of greeting that you would give to let's say your uncle he takes it for granted people are like that or the type of behavior you would have had with a closed one a very person who is very intimate with you the other person who is not intimate who is just a passer by passer by a stranger <coughs> such a person may not expect that but we are constantly dealing with others there are occasions when these relationships are not in terms of something personal but in terms of they are manifestation of our personality the type of person we are the example is given of a person let's say some ex person he has got big degree in terms of academic qualification he goes and gets a job thinking that now he will earn a big amount 
he starts earning but very soon he has to leave that place where he was working because he cannot get along well with his uh, colleagues he has got problem with his boss he has problem with his juniors he has problem with many things so he resigns from there and goes to next place as he goes to the next place he thinks in between perhaps i need more degree so he does some more course and add something more to his degree next place he goes there also you find that he cannot get along well with others for small little things he he makes so much of argument there is no sweetness in his behavior sweetness in his thing that he is doing from there also he resigns and goes so there are people who all their life go on changing their jobs not because of money but because they cannot get along with others there are others let's say some ex person he may not have actually much of educational qualification but he has learned the art of getting along well with others that art of getting along well with others will make him a successful person there itself wherever he is his own life also will be filled with joy and satisfaction why because he has learned to have rapport with others treat others with respect treat others with a sensitivity that they are also human beings like me if a harsh word from somebody hurts me others also are equally hurt when i speak a harsh word to them if i am hurt they are also hurt because they are also human beings and further he goes if he has learned the art of uh, you know proper speaking you know in our day to day relationships most important thing is what we speak how we speak and when we speak they are very important even we are speaking to others in our uh, when we when we speak there should be no uh, thorns you know some people have got very caustic tongue when they give you even a very ordinary compliment along with that they will add some rider at the end of it will it will hurt you just like a, a scorpion the scorpion's bite is at the, in its tail in its mouth it is fine the tail which will really hurt you so some people are like that when they speak there is some caustic remark some acidic remark there is a saying in english that uh, tongue is not steel but it cuts and it cuts very deep this very powerful uh, weapon we have called tongue though it is just a piece of flesh but what it does is no actually weapon can do in the world it can cut off human relationships it can cut off it can break people's hearts it can you know destroy families can destroy institutions countries you read mahabharata what do you find that it is this caustic tongue which really created so many problems so one should know how to speak see how to speak is something a biological thing you learn to say you know some you learn to speak as a little baby but that's not speaking speaking right thing at the right time in a right way holy mother sharda devi used to say even if a person's leg is you know he is a uh, kind of he doesn't have it So you should not go and ask him how did you become cripple don't ask him now of course we use a better word we say 
is a physically challenged person. Why did this word come into picture? Because it hurts. For example, now you cannot use the word for the sake of speaking I am saying, but generally you can't use the word leper. In, in Bible you find the word leper. Oh, the lepers were there and Jesus came and helped them. But now you, in general, you have to use the word lapse. What is lapse? Leprosy affected person. Lapse. Not leper. Leper is a kind of abuse. Because power of words. In fact, uh, very unfortunate, now you can't use the word harijan also. Because it's a, it seems to contain caustic, uh, you know, casteist feelings. Though the word Harijan is such a beautiful word. Harijan, a man of Hari, of God. We are all Harijan in that sense. Because all trying to be men of God. Living in the presence of divine power. So, how power of uh, speech, how it affects. When we having <coughs> this uh, rapport with others, uh, which is very important for our interpersonal relationships, we begin, you know, further we ask, start asking questions. What is after all a human being? We should understand man. We should understand other human beings. What is a human being? Because when you are speaking of interpersonal relationship, so what is a person? So this inquiry into human beings, inquiry into what man originally really in his uh, deepest core is, that then you get into the, into the field of spirituality. Especially the field of Vedanta. You cannot say, no, I will have some very practical rules for my interpersonal relationships and I don't care for these philosophies. You cannot do that because these philosophies will somehow come into your view. A word view will affect in whatever you think. Do you think that the person with whom you are dealing, it has got the divine spark in him? Oh, that's too big a philosophy, that, that there's a divine spark in him. Then what do you think of him? Oh, I think he is a sinner. Oh, no, I don't really think he is a sinner. I think he is a very crooked man. Uh, maybe he is a good man, intelligent man, but he is basically crooked man. We have different opinions, different ways of looking at things. But if you go deeper, you would find these opinions are dealing with the superficial aspect of our personality. In Vedantic tradition we say, man is essentially, let's say, a person who having five coats, one, two, three, four, five coats, one after another. The first coat, we call it the physical coat. They call it as Annamaya Kosha. Annamaya means what? That which is made of Annam, food. So this gross body is Annamaya Kosha. Then there is the Pranamaya Kosha, there is Manomaya Kosha, then Vijnanamaya Kosha, Anandamaya Kosha. These five Koshas are spoken of, five kind of coats. So each one of us having as if so many layers on us. The first layer is the physical layer, then there is the mind layer, Manomaya Kosha, then Pranamaya Kosha, the vital energy layer. Then Vijnanamaya Kosha, the knowledge layer, not knowledge in the highest sense, but that there is knowledge, uh, what we call as ob objective knowledge. And the Anandamaya Kosha, which is a very subtle concept, which speaks of the sense of ignorance, the sense of uh, sense of 
a kind of a veiling over the real self veiling you know covering on the real self but there since it is a very thin layer <coughs> and the nature of the self is joy so you feel as if it is a joyful layer the anandamaya kosha but actually anandamaya kosha is not the highest kosha see the basic idea about vedanta is this that man essentially has come from god not only has come from god that each one of us is god now let us take this example uh look, now we are all sitting here in this room we all have a a body called made of flesh and bones and uh, nerves and veins and all that you make a total lump of lump of everything and you remove all these things all these uh, coverings that you have then what remains in each one of us what is it that we call as life shri krishna says in the gita jeevanam sarva bhuteshu i am the jeevanam life which is present in everyone what is that life so when somebody you meet you see his heart is beating you are meeting a an healthy live person means his heart is beating if it has a heart is not beating is a dead body so his heart is beating how is the heart beating it is because of prana shakti from where has the prana shakti come it come from god himself so with whom you are dealing you are dealing with god only isn't it god present in him oh god is very very deep into him what i see is only samskaras i see that he is he tells lies i see that he is given to a some bad habits i see he is very short tempered or i see a few good things also in him but i don't see the deepest core deepest core if you have to see first of all you should have a certain conviction about it which will come from study of vedanta or further if your mind is calm it is said the more mind is calm the more you see things clearly very often we see things in a very confused way because our mind is like uh, filled with many desires which are at the same time taking us in different directions Uh, Krishna says in the Gita a beautiful way. Says Bhogaishwarya Prasakta Nam Taya Pratyeta Sam. Cheta Sam means your consciousness, thinking, understanding. Aprata, which means hijacked. You have been as if hijacked. Your consciousness been hijacked by whom? Bhogaishwarya Prasakta Nam. Those who are interested only in sensory pleasures, they are deeply attached to that. they don't see the human beings they see only objects of their fulfillment of desires someone in very beautifully put it you know we should uh, always love human beings and use objects but what do we do we love objects and use human beings we love objects <coughs> we want um, we love uh, a watch we love a computer we love a car we love some object but when it comes to human being ah what purpose he will serve for me if he if he is useful to me i will have any relationship with him otherwise i don't care for him it is because you are very materialistic consumeristic 
we are not understanding the human being is essentially divine and he should be respected we look at this respect this aspect when a man dies why do we need to give him all the respect of uh, burying or confining to fire why should we give it's after all just a piece of flesh with no fire, with no life in it we can simply throw it away we don't do that we have respect for what the person for whom you had respect is not there is gone where is he gone we do not know he is gone so because it was a divinity's expression there it was a house of divinity natman was saying there the jivatman has gone now you have to learn to respect that in every religion it is there <coughs> please respect that if it was only a, a just a question of some uh, flesh and some object it just what is it just some Uh, ashes there are only some ashes if you burn the human body you get some let's say 2 kgs of ashes and if you further analyze it it has so much of potassium calcium and so many other uh, chemicals in that and if you go and get their uh, uh, their market value it come to 140 rupees is that all is that all about human beings yes as far as body is concerned this much only but there is something else deeper in us this is the key to actually personal relationships interpersonal relationships that we must learn to respect others learn to see divinity in others it is already there you are not creating it you have forgotten it you have forgotten it you have to be reminded of it you have to learn to see see that person i am seeing before me I look at uh, the other day i saw a beautiful uh, youtube film on empathy maybe all of you can just uh, google it and see it beautiful it is empathy the scene is of a uh, a big hospital in the west a number of patients are shown and whenever the patient is shown a message comes behind the on the screen for example a person is shown that he is uh, coming on the staircase it is written he is free from cancer for past 7 years happy another person is climbing up the staircase and it is written there oh some tumor is found in my body i don't know it is malignant or malign which means cancer or non cancerous there comes a lady with a daughter she is uh, going to see her husband who is down with some disease terminal disease and this is the last time they are meeting actually just then they show two one couple standing there this is their 25th uh, wedding anniversary then they show one old man who is going in the lift he is very worried because his wife had a stroke and he is wondering who will take care of her there stands one lady in the west you see she has just divorced and there is a young man who has discovered he is going to become a dad soon different phase of looking at things have you seen each one is having some work empathy do you feel get into his uh, shoes and try to feel him have you felt for the maid servant who quietly comes and cleans and goes away is she not a human being or a driver is she not a human is he not a human being when we begin to see human beings as human beings not as objects only doing some service to us serving our some purpose our human relationships begin to blossom forth as i said in the beginning very important thing to remember is right speech 
don't hurt anybody there may be occasions when you have to play the role of a teacher or a role of a master you have to chastise others you have to scold others but even that should be done with lot of care because words burn their way into others heart and for whole life people will remember it you may remember some words which you may have heard when you were in 7th standard maybe the teacher has scolded you then even now you would remember that maybe those words are very strong they were necessary you are going the wrong path there was this young boy who after 10th standard he came to uh, or 11th standard he came to school after the vacation then his teacher started telling what is it you have changed so much earlier you were very good now you have become like that you don't respect others don't respect teachers i see a certain slackness in your attitude he said it hurt me so much but then i started telling myself no i am the same old person you have mistaken me i will change if you if you feel that some let me study myself he started studying himself and found that yes, there was some change in him unhealthy change in him so in that sense such words have played the role of a teacher good 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 role they have played but in general very often people are careless in the use of their words very careless so interpersonal relationship requires that we should learn to respect teachers this is the key to the whole thing of course it has got uh, further uh, implications before you become a saint which means a spiritually big person first be a gentleman now gentleman is not what tailor makes you tailor doesn't make you a gentleman he only you know dresses you like a like a gentleman there was this incident which i heard from i think she was the vice chancellor of a university mrs thanki in nagpur she had come from gujarat she said that there were a barbers meeting somewhere in london barbers meeting so they said we make gentlemen out of people you see it 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 has their have they have their role you know barbers also have their role so after the meeting they were coming out they found one person just across the building where they were having holding their meeting a person very shabby hair fully overgrown he has not shaven for maybe years and dirty clothes and crumpled up clothes crumpled up his surroundings is lying there so they said let us take this as a challenge let us make this person as first a gentleman so with all their great effort they bring him up they take him give him a good uh, hair cut and shave and then they make him uh, they, they give him take a bath and then say we must honor this man we should say that we made gentleman out of it so they spend the pool money together and uh, they give him a nice coat three three piece coat with a stick and the cap hat and they send him home and the newspaper it comes see the barbers make a gentleman out of a beggar after a month when that newspaper uh, journalist who happened to who had reported that he comes to that place he finds that man is back to its own old place then he inquires what had happened he said what had happened they gave me all these things i went home when i am wearing this dress like that and this is a costly coat so all my friends asked for a treat 
So they had given me money, I gave them treat. Then people in the home asked for things, then I sold my coat and gave them something. And then we drank and we did uh, some purchases and slowly it's all over. So I am back to number one. So it is not the barber which makes a gentleman, it's the character that makes a gentleman. You have to change from inside, not outside. Sometimes people are very beautifully dressed, but inside, inside is all dirt and all kinds of dirty things within. So, becoming a gentleman basically means not causing inconvenience to others. That is the meaning of being a gentleman. Don't cause inconvenience to others. It could be any aspect of your life. So much so, as you know, one of our monks used to say, when you enter a room, if you have to leave the chapel, don't leave in the middle of the room, leave it on the side. The next person will come, he will stumble over it. That's being gentlemen. When you write a postcard, write your address clearly. You respect the postman. <coughs> How do you respect the postman? You don't go and make pranam to him. You respect him by writing the address clearly. There are hundreds of such things in life. When you go to, let's say, use a public toilet, you flush it out when you return, so that the next person uses, when he comes for using it, he finds it in good shape. Hundreds of ways in which we, we become gentlemen. So, this is very important when it comes to interpersonal relationship, that we should have proper gentleman qualities. Then, we often think of, when we speak of interpersonal relationships, we say, who is a true friend? See, there are a lot of people who come in your life, they become your friend for some time, and then they disappear also. Because such is the nature of life. You know, Ramayana says that it is like uh, coming together of uh, two logs of wood on a flowing river. They come together and go for some time, maybe two miles together, and again the stream of water takes them apart. Likewise, in our life, many people through the stream of time, they come into our lives, we travel together for some time, and the same stream of time does them apart also. They are all acquaintances, they are all good people, we have some good uh, memories of them, or sometimes not good memories also. But true friend is something much more than this. See, friendship is one thing, acquaintance is another thing. You know many people who are acquainted with you. But if a person has become your friend, there will be certain qualities of a friend. And the first quality is that he is very much interested in your welfare. He may not be interested in giving you all the time some happy things. But he is interested in your welfare. He comes to even sometimes warn you, hey you are not on the right path, hey don't do this or do this. One is negative, not positive thing. Hey, do this. A friend which drowns you into, say, like an ocean of problems, what kind of friend is that? A friend which has introduced you to a bad habit, is he a friend? Is he have the quality of a friend? Or a friend which has put you into trouble by introducing wrong philosophy into you, is that a friend? So, welfare, is he interested in your welfare? Second, he should be fearless in his relationship. You should tell fearlessly, straightforward, and you would not mind it. Why? Because you know, 
at the core of his heart is welfare he can be even sometimes harsh if he is a friend he can be harsh a surgeon has to be harsh sometimes then only he can be surgeon if a surgeon says no no i will never touch you i will never use knife for you i will never remove the wrong thing which is grown in you what kind of surgeon is that surgeon means that he has to give you anesthesia and remove what is unwanted likewise a friend sometimes has to be little harsh but there is an art about it kabira says in one of his dohas a good friend is like like uh, the pot maker have you seen a person making pot of course these days we don't see you can see it only in short films but if you see a pot making he puts a uh, mud wet on the wheel and starts rotating it and then gives it a shape when he is giving the shape when he has to make a hole out in the in the pot he puts his hand inside he gives the support outside uh, inside and from outside he goes on removing what is not wanted so that's how a friend does externally he may be a little harsh but inwardly he has to give support to you he is interested in your well being if that quality is not there if he is only removing outside it will break it will break so he should be fearless he should be interested in your welfare and essentially there is some element of unselfishness in him then only he is a friend otherwise there are so many acquaintances we have there is all business relationships i want this because you want this and i want this so together we do something such kinds of uh, dealings are also part of life but i am speaking of true friendship a true friendship is very rare in life to get a true friend you will get many acquaintances many people who are familiar with you many many people who are going along with you in the same bus but a person who would sustain you under every circumstance and guide you properly you will not find always in fact you can always bank upon only a few friends even though you may have lot you know a large circle of people whom you know and they have okay acquaintances are there i have got a large circle of people but very few people upon whom you can bank or depend on why because that rapport of understanding is there and that too it's built on some higher principle you can trust that man his motives are all right that motive is very important so there should be a right perspective about family a right perspective about your workplace right perspective of even when you are dealing with strangers you know strangers are very often in every country they are cheated very rarely some strangers are treated properly everywhere it depends on the culture of that place some some places you come across but very few that even stranger is also helped but otherwise they just give a direction and keep a distance from him they do not know him much in interpersonal relationships this right perspective is very important we are not speaking of having more and more socialization socialization also has its role but that's not we are speaking of there they should have more and more friends and more and more your circle of friends you should increase you should socialize more well we are not speaking of that because if you do that you have to spend time on that please remember that if you have to keep your social circles very active all the time and you have more and more of that 
you have to give time for that, you have to give energy for that, you have to give thought for that. It cannot simply happen, you have to nurture it. And we all have limited uh, resources. So you cannot have infinitely knowing people. You will not be honest in your dealings. You cannot spend time for somebody. But at the same time, socialization has a place. I remember the incident of a person, very learned man otherwise. Uh, he grew up in a house where he was preparing for, let's say, let's say IIT. So he was always asked to study, 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 study. Even if there were some <coughs> guests at home who had come on a visit, such was the system in the house that he will come from his study room out, meet the guests for 10 minutes and go back to study. He would not sit and talk with them, share their thoughts with them, listen to them or exchange views, only just some greetings. Whereas the other person in the house, maybe his brother, he had to do this aspect of uh, whenever a guest came to the house. Maybe a relative, uncle, neighbor, somebody. So he would many times go to the market and fetch things, the younger one. Or he has to go and bring things in the house to the marketing as such. Where this person grew up, he became truly a, he did very well in his studies. He got some gold medals also. But he was not able to get along with people. He does not know what social circle is. He cannot withstand the presence of people, in fact. He cannot withstand them. But he is very good in his intellectual world, very sharp. But when he, when it comes to life, he cannot withstand, uh, uh, you know, any pressure on his personal privacy. Oh, no, 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 I cannot do that. Immediately I should come out of it. So he became very a great loner he was. Lonely. Intelligent. But where is that? Why is that intelligence not used in this aspect? Why the intelligence should be used only, let's say, in some uh, area of uh, uh, science or, uh, let's say, finance? Why is only that aspect? Why not this? You nurture your interpersonal relationships also. There also it needs to be brought in. So, we must know socialization also has an aspect. Some people have afraid, the fear of mixing with others. You cannot, you know, go and speak to them. You know, in the Balmiki Ramayana, very first verse is spoken about Rama. He is a Purva Bhashin. What is a Purva Bhashin? Purva Bhashin means, suppose you are going in a bus <coughs> and uh, you are sitting, you are sitting looking at the next person. The next person also sometimes look at you, but both of you never talk. But Rama was sitting there, what he will do? He is a Purva Bhashin. He will ask. What's your name? From where do you come? Where are you going? From first speaking. First he takes the initiative of speaking. Very often, you know, we meet across people who sit together and never interact with each other. We had uh, one or two friends in our volunteer group earlier <coughs> who would not mix with anyone. And they were in trouble actually, later in life. Invariably I found they had to undergo lot of difficulties. They are not able to you know, connect themselves to others. They are into their own, they are good people. Nothing bad about them. They are good people. But that goodness is again only up to their level. They do not go out. They will not ask. They do not think that I must ask others, how are you? They think, anyway, he will be alright, why should I ask? 
they do not think that I should ask him how is your life going on <coughs> because only when you have a rapport will the other person open up when you don't have a rapport with him what he will tell opening up a new account is not easy if the account is already running then you can go and speak about it you can add some fresh deposits you can make but if the account is closed opening up requires lot of effort overcoming lot of fear lot of hesitation lot of things oh i have not spoken to him for 2 years how can i speak now so keep your communication channel open do not close it down even though you may dislike somebody but don't create such a uh, psychological wall that you cannot approach him at all now this is called uh, building up an emotional bank account you have an emotional bank account stephen covey speaks about it he says that uh, if you have an emotional bank account with others which means when there is no work then also you inquire how are you when somebody is fallen sick there is no work if fallen sick you make an inquiry how are you you are opening up a emotional bank account which means a time may come when may you may need to draw something from that sometimes you have to overdraw also which means no i don't have so much of things but you have to give me he will give you why because there is enough in the emotional bank account enough in the emotional bank account it's a very good concept you just go to the google and you find it there emotional bank account lot of characteristics are given there now before i close i would like to read a little from an interesting uh, uh, article that was published in our magazine um before that let me also tell you that it is not sufficient that we should have just interpersonal relationships on on the basis of seeing each other in a better light overcoming our differences overcoming our uh, moments of despair but we must also have a higher goal in life then only these relationships will give us uh, some satisfaction not just developing more and more friends though that is good you should have some friends you should have but not just having more and more friends which is the purpose of life in fact sometimes people become tired they say i don't want any friendship i want to go and sit quietly enough of these friends you know there is a saying oh lord please help me overcome my enemies my friends enemies i will take care my friends are so powerful they are not leaving me uh, any piece of silence so it's not that we should have a higher purpose in life you know in one of the sayings uh, it is said by uh, swami ji if you have to have a proper interpersonal relationship you should have a right mindset right state of mind and for having a right state of mind it is there that the role of spiritual practices like japa a uh, repetition of god's name and meditation comes in eric from the famous german philosopher who lived in harvard university in 1960s he 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 wrote a book on called art of living art of loving and there he says like any art loving all others also can be learned but it requires practice not just theory art means there should be practice 
and in practice of art he says i don't know much but this much i must say that if a person wants to love others he must meditate regularly because then his uh, mind will be calm his mind will be you know clean he will see things clearly he will not be carried away by certain happenings in life he will be able to see things properly so again you see how in from another side spiritual practices enter your life first you drive them out say oh we are secular we don't care for these things we are modern we are this we are that but then again from another door sometimes through medical door sometimes through sociological door sometimes some other door they will enter into your life so i will read this uh, small write up which was published in our magazine and with that i will close it is about maybe some of you have read it this is quite a popular thing but it deserves a reading here it's about uh, installing the love software see we are acquainted with the computer so much now so a customer uh, calls up a service section of a computer company this is the following is a conversation <coughs> the customer says i heard you provide love software the customer service representative csr he says would you like to install love software customer yes but i am not very technically skilled give me the instructions and i will try to install what do i do first then csr customer service representative he says the first step is to open your heart you want to install love software open your heart have you located your heart sir customer yes i have but there are several programs running right there now is it okay to install while they they are running csr what program are running sir customer let me see i have the following program past hurt low self esteem grudge against others and resentment running very high in my heart csr no problem love will automatically erase past hurt dot exe from your current operating system it may remain in your permanent memory but it will no longer disrupt other programs love will eventually <coughs> overwrite low esteem dot exe with a module of its own called high self esteem dot exe however you have to completely turn off grudge dot exe and resentment dot exe those programs prevent love from being properly installed can you turn these off please customer i don't know how to turn them off can you tell me how how do i do it csr my pleasure go to a start menu and invoke forgiveness.exe do this as many times as necessary until grudge.exe and resentment.com have been completely erased then customer okay i am done love has started installing itself automatically is that normal csr yes it is you should receive a message that says it will reinstall for the life of your heart do you see that message customer yes i do is it completely installed csr yes but remember 
that you have only the base program you need to begin connecting to other hearts in order to get the upgrade customer oh i have an error message already what do i do csr what does the message say customer it says error program not run on internal components what does that mean csr don't worry sir that's a common pro problem it means that the love program is set up to run on external heart but has not yet been running on your own heart it is one of those complicated programming things but in technical terms it means you have to uh, have love in your own machine before you can find it in others customer so what do i do csr can you find the directory called self acceptance directory called self acceptance customer yes i have csr excellent you are getting good of it, good at it customer thank you csr you are welcome click on the following files and then copy them to my heart directory forgive uh, self dot doc self esteem dot ext and <coughs> realize your worth dot ext and goodness dot dot doc doc the system will overwrite any conflicting files and begin and begin patching faulty programming also you need to delete nagging dot dot exe from all directories and then empty your recycle bin afterwards to make sure it is completely gone and never comes back customer got it my heart is filling up with really neat smiles smile dot mpg is playing on my monitor right now and it shows that warmth dot com and peace dot ext and contentment dot com are co copying themselves uh, copying themselves all over my heart csr then love in is installed and running you should be able to handle it from here one more thing before i go customer yes csr love is a freeware be sure to give it and its various modules to everybody you meet they will in turn share it with the people and they will return some really neat modules back to you customer i will thank you for your help love is running well but if i run into problems by the way csr please repeat the whole process you can always call us we are open 24 hours a day that's a very creative way of putting together these ideas about proper interpersonal relationships now if there are questions we shall discuss them this book is published from our mutt it's called no one is a stranger dynamics of nurturing interpersonal relationships with spiritual values is vk publication it deals with interpersonal relationship from a spiritual angle lot of uh, western books are available many times they are good but uh, they don't fit in well into our indian context our indian cultural context is very different from what they say so we thought of having it from a spiritual angle so it was published i think in 2005 or 6 2009 it has been reprinted three times it's quite popular if anybody is interested we can arrange to i mean get it here please uh, let me know afterwards anybody is interested
I would also recommend that book uh, by Eric Fromm, which I just made a reference to. That has now run into 55th reprint. It was published in 1960s, or late 60s or 70s, without any change in last, uh, let's say, 40 years plus. It's being so popular. You can get it in the net also, you can download, must be there. The Art of Loving. It's a small book of 110 pages or 20 pages. But remarkably deep book. And interestingly, Eric Fromm was deeply in, uh, influenced by Vedanta. He used to be very much acquainted with our center in Harvard University. We have a Vedanta Society in Boston. So it's right in the Harvard campus. So there, uh, uh, some of these people of those days, they were acquainted with our Swamiji there, Swami Akhilanandaji. So by their interactions, they came to know many of these ideas. They do not openly acknowledge it, but there is a lot of uh, uh, Vedanta in when they speak of it. Are my Facebook friends really friends or acquaintances? How much time do we spend nurturing this online friends? That's true. Lot of time is spent. Unless you meet a person, um, unless you have your day-to-day -day interaction with somebody, you will not know how much of a friendship is there. In fact, if you want to know a person, what he is, you have to live with it. Maybe you go together and live for some days, uh, you go on a pilgrimage or some trekking somewhere, a small little adjustments that you make, then you will know how much of a friendship is there. In fact, you would know it, how much of friendship is there when you are in the same room that two or three people are living in a hostel. Somebody wants fan, somebody does not want fan, and from there start the problem. You know, fanning goes into a huge problem, huge problem. You know, I was... Uh, very, I'll tell you an interesting one small anecdote. Uh, I was in Mysore for close to 10 years before I came here 10 years back. So this was around 18, 19 years back. And we have a school there. And they were, we were all monastic uh, inmates of that school. We were trying to help uh, the students there, like wardens there. So there was this 8th standard section. So I was warden for them for some 10 years. So very interesting, one day they have to get up in the morning around 5.15 or 5.10 because the routine starts in the residential school. So by 6 o'clock they should be ready for a morning prayer and then for morning PT. So it was around 5.15, 5.20 just after 10 minutes. From my room I heard so much of some you know, exchange of hot words going on with two boys. So I thought, let me find out. I came out and found, see we have a system of double-decker uh, uh, cots there. So when a person has to get down, the other person's uh, trunk is there, and then there is also one bar on which he actually puts his foot down and goes away. This boy wants to get down, and the other boy is sitting there. He says, you just give your... Uh, give me some space, I want to get down. He said, I will not get down. You get down from other side. And there was no other side actually. Because that was an empty space. He has to get down from this side only. On this one issue, as soon as they get up, they have some 20 minutes of quarrel. Now, this is what it is. Unless you live with somebody, you will not know how much of friend he is. 
in fact visitors may take you to be very nice there are people you know whom you meet only for some time as a visitor maybe he is a platform speaker you speak him very nice <coughs> maybe good at that but you go and live with him then understand so you have to go and little have interaction with somebody the interactions will reveal to you how much is friends these friends are they are those set of people who like certain things in you or in your website or in your facebook about as your your interest which appeals to them sukhanushai ragaha says patanjali yoga sutra that i find something very comfortable in you so i think you are my friend that's it sukhanushai ragaha suppose you go something this way wrong there will be no end of people you know scolding you and making all kinds of comments a friend will not do that but it's very difficult to find out just like that you know these days uh, this friend friendship is what one click share or join yourself as a friend click that's not friendship this is only one connection we have given the name friendship but friendship has some qualities mitra he is a mitra it's not a shatru it's a mitra he is a mitra means one who helps you saves you from some problem he is a mitra he does not allow you to go into wrong direction that's a mitra acquaintance now we have got new meanings of the word friend you see so you have this facebook friend or orkut friend or so many communities are there but their friendship is not that deeper aspect of friendship which we are discussing how to control <coughs> tongue that's a very big uh, uh, training actually control the tongue control your speech so gita says whenever you speak speak uh, sweetly do not uh, speak such words which will hurt others anudvegakaram vakyam priya priyahitam cha anudvegakaram vakyam what is dvega or anudvega it is causing some kind of uh, uh, feeling of unrest in you that is called dvega or anudvega it is anudvegakaram vakyam don't use such words which will hurt other think well before you speak before you speak think well don't think afterwards generally afterwards thinking is only repenting oh why did i say that before speaking maybe you practice it in your room silently so when i am going to speak this thing will it hurt him let me think over it let me uh, phrase my ideas in such a way that it doesn't hurt other phrase your ideas phrase them in proper words if you say that you do not know certain meanings look into dictionary go and ask somebody sir can this possible meaning will be there even with all that care there will be mistakes and that's also part of training that you will learn through your mistakes you cannot prepare everything and then go and give a nice exam and come back many things you will learn only by making mistakes oh i should not have said this one is training the uh, tongue this way and also at the right time you have to speak a person has uh, just suffered some bereavement you can't go and uh, cut a joke with him you see he has suffered a loss at the same time when somebody has suffered a loss he has lost some dear one you don't go and unnecessarily go on pouring your sympathy on him also he doesn't want that speak to him in a right way 
so it's a very great training the heart of it is becoming a gentleman seeing others well being sometimes a timely word can cure so many problems a timely warning or a timely loving word a loving word can encourage person just a timely word so once there was a readers digest one big book it's called what's the right word big thick book in that there was an incident which i happened to read there was this lady who is a big actress in america and somebody asked which word do you remember in your life to have played a very important role said one was one very important incident that happened in my life was when i was a uh, high school student and i had played in some uh, drama and it had been very well received and somebody came and uh, greeted me in the back room and as uh, that uncle was greeting that uh, oh you wonderful you have done this so well then my mother said <coughs> no no she could have done much better at first i heard i was very much hurt but then it it came it awakened a new thinking in my mind i started thinking no no this is not so maybe i could uh, uh, try to do better that one word was very important just this much no no she could have done better so there are moments we do not know the one word you speak it may have such an impact on others mind such an impact so think about the power of words somebody is very downcast you go and speak to him a few good words he becomes all right what is this word some air coming out of some vocal cords just say air only but it carries so much meaning if you think on these various aspects you will learn to you know check your tongue take a vow first of all never use a bad word take a vow another vow you take when you are angry don't speak because when you speak when you are angry you will give out fire when a person is angry anger gets into the words and choicest expressions will come of hurting others so when you are angry don't speak but afterwards release that pent up anger also don't just go on holding it within this is also very important another way of uh, purifying the tongue is to say you repeat god's name that purifies the tongue some name some sacred name you repeat and pray that oh lord may whenever i speak may my speech only reveal what is good and also when you speak don't be hypocrite always be honest if you are giving any uh, compliment to somebody be honest about it you mean it don't say ah, just for the sake of a, what they say what is a being politically correct don't be politically correct say it from your heart a genuine compliment has got tremendous value a genuine constructive criticism also has got tremendous value constructive criticism is very difficult destructive criticism is very easy you can simply go on talking ill of others or talking especially in his absence so he is like that he is like that talk in front of him if you have power if you have guts otherwise keep quiet so it was written behind one uh, vehicle i was going in calcutta was there somebody had written that uh, if you have more speed and if you dare 
ओवरटेक मी अदरवाइज की पेशन्स नाइस वे आर पुटिंग इट so tongue has to be controlled there is no doubt about it because this is very important uh, uh, way of how we deal with others but you will have to think over to speak uh, such words which do not hurt others at the same time don't speak too much also silence is also part of speaking once i was traveling in one train uh, towards kanyakumari there were some people sitting next to me because they were speaking in malayalam with such speed there were no full stops or commas could not follow anything so i understand a bit of it could follow anything imagine this what happens so in our speech also there should be some silence even otherwise not all the time you have to go on speaking in fact too much of speaking can make your mind restless some people can speak 5 7 8 hours a day mind will be very restless to speak meaningfully speak with some sense of uh, understanding to describe the relationship uh, between two friends between true friends what's the difference between a true friend and, and a life partner can you also describe relationship with life partners life partner also have to be very good friends they have to be very good friends back uh, very often people don't spend much time before they select their uh, before they get married it all just happens like a, uh, a mechanical something happening in their life think well find out and uh, true friendship always is based on sacrifice for each other if the sense of sacrifice is not there adjustment is not there you will find life become terrible there was this uh, uh, young boy in our school whose parents had uh, divorced and this he was a very handsome two brothers actually so he used to wonder what happened he gave me very funny reason i could believe me himself but then i had to say says my father used to like new songs new film songs mother used to like old songs that was the, that was the reason for their getting apart they are really serious about it yes it is so imagine this can't withstand with each other's uh, likes and dislikes we should not try to make others slave of our likes and dislikes give them freedom giving freedom to others is part of really loving others give them freedom if you don't give them freedom they will become against you in due course whosoever he is i remember one of our uh, brahmacharis uh, his mother had come on a visit a rather illiterate lady ramchari was very well educated person in fact he was a computer engineer and so many things and this lady was not not no he did not know english at all now her son has become a monk he has become a ramchari so she has come on a visit along with her husband and his uh, uh, i think uh, the boys of the ramchari's sister and i was having conversation with them happened to the 5 minutes you know what a beautiful remark she gave though she is not educated but she is very wise so wisdom and education are not always interrelated she said you see swami ji i said your son seems to be quite happy here she said yes swami ji we have a say in their matter till the age of 22 now she herself has said this day 22 i don't know why 22 maybe 21 also 
or 23 also, but whatever, she said that. By the age of 22, we can say, do this, do that, do that. Now they have grown up, let them take the decision, after all, how long will I live? And after my death, then if I ask him to do something which he does not want to do now, then after my death he will be scolding me. Why he asked me to do, why she asked me to do this? So I have given him freedom, whatever you want to do, you do. A very matured, wise lady, though not much educated. So this wisdom should come. I am speaking of in terms of this mother and uh, son's relation, so also life partners also. They should have wisdom, respect each other. Respecting is very important. If you don't respect, so Swamiji says in our, in our India, in same family, mother, father, children, uncles, all of them may be having different Ishtadevatas in their puja. Somebody is worshipping Vishnu, another is worshipping Shiva. So in India, we always thought if you can have that freedom. But we, we gave freedom on the religious side, we gave no freedom on the social side. If we can combine freedom on both sides, if we can give freedom on both sides, then it will be a wonderful society. Swami says in the West, they gave no freedom on the side of religion. They say you have to believe in this prophet, that's all. No other question asked. And but on the, on the side of society, they gave a lot of freedom. So the society in one way developed, but on the religious side it was completely stunted. So the freedom is the only watchword of growth. Give freedom to others. But how much freedom? That much freedom that he or she does not get into wrong direction. Then you should take action. What I can do to protect him or her? So this freedom should be always, Swamiji says, your freedom should not hurt others. There is another one point to remember. That you have freedom and you think I will make my road on the mount road. No, you are not allowed. You have freedom, alright, you have freedom in the uh, 21st century, free citizen of India, etc, etc. But you cannot build a road, uh, your house right on the mount road. You have to bid where it is available. Why? Because your freedom will hurt others' freedoms. So we have a municipal corporation rule, we have law, we have all this. What for? To safeguard your freedom. So it should be used in that way. It should not be used only to extract some good from others, but safeguard freedom. What to do when parental family expectations are contrary to my chosen purpose of life? You have to find a proper um, compromise somewhere. You have, to, you have to convince them. If they are not convinced, you will have to follow your own path. And sometimes it happens. If you, if, a, if you, if we were, you know, obeying everything which others were doing, uh, that our elders asked us to do, our one Swamiji used to make fun. If we had obeyed everything which elders had asked us to do, then we would still be wearing skin from the bark, bark and skin around our bodies. Why? Because somewhere in the beginning, somebody must have disobeyed his parent and said, you may be wearing bark, but I will discover something better. There must have been somewhere a disagreement. So if your disagreement is on the right path, it's understandable. It will, it will, but you should be willing to pay price for it. And the price is that they may not come with you further in life. 
so how do you find a compromise that is the point maybe you interact with them try to convince them make them see things from your angle it depends on their maturity also just because a person is grown up in years does not mean that he has grown up in wisdom also many times a person has grown up in years 50 years 60 years but in his wisdom he has not grown much sometimes younger people have lot of wisdom but it, there is no fixed rule that just because you have become 50 you will not have wisdom that's not the point you may have you may not have also so maybe some people they have that freedom of understanding they have given you freedom they have understanding of uh, your view point so you will have to think from that angle that if you are following your way then you may have to take your own way but you must be willing to pay the price if you say no i will not willing to pay, pay the price then either you compromise with them or try to you know save a in between something you should try to find out how to feel for others and what detachment one can have if we are feeling for others aren't they contradictory actually what we call as attachment is generally attachment to the self i i i i myself my house my career my body my health my food my fame my name i i i you are always speaking in terms of that now when we are saying you have detachment detachment to the i this is what we speak speaking of when you have detachment for the i which means you begin to see oh this i is there it will be there but you have also learned to see something in a larger sense a larger perspective of life then you develop automatically love for others the love for others does not come from uh, just uh, repeating that i want to love others sensitive make your mind sensitive to it one way of making sensitive is visit those places where there is misery and try to feel one with them you go and live in a uh, slum for a week if you have some friend find out some friend is there who comes from a slum say i want like to stay with you for 3 4 days or one week then you begin to see how much of difficulty they undergo you have been given so many things in life unasked unquestioned but they don't have it even they want it your mind will become sensitive another way is you just go to a hospital go to a general hospital not to a private hospital go to a general hospital here next to the railway station you see the misery there you will see life is much more than what i thought it to be i thought i am going to be uh, life is always go on yes in a way life will always go on it will go on renewing itself by way of new children coming into life is life is renewing itself but as far as we are concerned we have a limited life so you begin to see life in a different way you see there is so much of disease so much of poverty so many things around you whenever you see a or hear any accident or some killing takes place silently pray for them if somebody died in islamabad don't say ha ah, pakistan is died don't feel happy about it they are also human beings or you see one bomb blast happens in baghdad pray for that there also some mother is mother has lost her child 
शी विल बी वीपिंग मदर इज मदर वेदर इंडियन और पाकिस्तानी और ईरानी शी इज मदर शी विल फील माई सन एज गॉन माई डॉटर एज गॉन सो प्रे फॉर देम यू गो ऑन डूइंग दिस यूर हार्ट विल एक्सपैंड बट यू शुड बी सिंसियर अबाउट इट वेन समबडी मीट्स अ फेलियर कॉल इम अप और हर एंड से आई एम सॉरी दैट यू फेल्ड सिंसियरली डोंट वरी कम अप इन लाइफ एनकरेज then you will begin to participate learn to participate in others experiences others experience of success others experience of failure when he succeeds also don't feel jealous call him up and sincerely say i am very happy that you got this award be very happy about it greet them don't say ah if he has got award all that what to what do why do i care about it when you get a award don't you expect others to come and say anything to you so always we should learn to feel for others in different contexts whether it is condolence or congratulation and also see you will you go to some old age homes go and see their life there are all those old people there they are young like you now they become old their own children don't look after them now what is life you will begin to see expand your view expand your horizon expand say we are just you know given to a routine life money health <coughs> environment success uh, money everything is taken for granted to so come out of it you know, go and see there is a larger world than this as you mentioned <coughs> mahabharata the the king karna would be uh, would be happy if kunti <coughs> mata told the truth that karna was her son why such failure of interpersonal character of kunti mata i have no idea there must be some psychological message which is given through this story what is that psychological message because as we as we have been discussing life consists of so many things life is not just a straight line as we think everything will go on like this like this like this life will have so many new you know plots so many unimaginable new things that will be happening this is also one thing that happens this is also one thing happens everything has got a place <coughs> you you read sometimes in the newspaper that uh, as little babies in the hospital they have been exchanged they never come to know there are two three babies in the same room little babies they all look alike and they have been exchanged all boys or all girls now that is another kind of story that will be built up actually you should study literature in order to see the variety that is in life not just hari harry potter i am not speaking of when we say literature is only harry potter harry potter is fine but the literature which mankind has produced in last 2000 3000 years think of that literature so many possibilities have been there i was reading life of swami yatishwarananda ji one of our great monks i found there so many possibility in his life he was born in bangladesh then grew up in calcutta as a young man he came in touch with swami brahmananda ji and of course he did his uh, education in sanskrit and then 
he joined under him then he was a monastic uh, uh, novice under him and what a prepared person he was he could meditate sometimes 10 hours a day sit that people sometimes i ask people how long do you meditate with great difficulty he says 10 minutes but he this man used to meditate sometimes 10 hours a day then he serves one of the great monks swami turiyanand ji learns many things then he is in bombay then he is in madras then he goes to germany in that time you know germany sometimes in early 30s germany is just on the brink of uh, uh, the world war and he spent some time he goes to switzerland he goes to holland netherlands so many devotees around him they gather they say what a remarkable uh, vedanta philosophy is there and then one day he hears a voice leave this place at the earliest he leaves gets into a ship and leaves and that is the last ship to leave then the germans attack he goes to england uh, he goes to america and spend some 8 hour 8 years there first in hollywood center and then he starts the center in philadelphia 6 years he runs it and comes back via france and then holland and the hague and all those places comes back to india then he is in bangalore for 14 years there he runs uh, he lives just like anybody else you know a person would have returned from the west with so much of uh, amenities to live but he just doesn't care for that what so many possibilities in life when he is in uh, bangalore for 14 years he draws to him some of the best minds of the in, of the day he he would give mantra diksha to people and you know one of them was the ns bose you know who uh, this bose uh, system is there what you call recently he died also microphones are there bose some of the best quality so he was one of the disciples of swami yatishwaranand ji like that many of them from uh, very top people from uh, germany they come to meet him such possibilities are there so many possibilities so begin to see that kunti's case also was one such possibility i'm not trying to find out any ethical value or ethical explanation for that i do not know about that but there is some that such things happen what is soul <coughs> where does it come from where does it go when we die is it good to go against uh, astrologer's prediction first thing what is soul soul is a english word sanskrit word is atma very simple and yet very difficult to understand simple because it simply says this that you are eternal you are eternal you are infinite that is atma but it also says that somehow for what reason we do not know you start thinking that you are not eternal you start thinking you are not infinite you 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 know make yourself completely conditioned to time space and causation the result is what we call as jivatman so i would not be able to answer the whole question because we can have a whole section on this what is soul and where it does where does it go and when we die it's actually soul never dies we die the jivatma inside which is associated with certain karmas the the subtle body it goes to next body let us say next body it could be a human body it could be a non human body to work out its karma what is the working out of the karma 
working out the karma is to finally realize that I don't need anything. I am already fulfilled. I am complete. I don't have any desire. I don't because desire means I lack something. I don't have any lack. I have everything with me. What do you want? You want happiness? I already have it. You want peace? I already have it. No, no, along with peace I also want to have a good MP3 player. Then you want something. Along with peace I also want to have the latest pizza and burger. <coughs> well, then you still have desire. Continue. Then no mukti for you as yet. When you want only peace, when you want only joy, then there is mukti. That is called mukti. Mukti is not about death. Mukti, right now a person can become free. One who has given up me and mine is already free. One who has given up all selfishness in its uh, subtlest form is already free. One who does not get swayed by things of the world and is ever calm and established in peace is already free. If a person is uh, full of uh, happiness and joy, Despite whatever happens around him, he is already free. Freedom is our real nature, but we have along with that many desires. That is why we have to undergo all these experiences and soul comes and goes. Seems to come and go. It's not the soul which comes and goes, Jivatman, which is the Jivatman for some unknown reason thinking that it is limited. That unknown reason is sometimes called as Maya, sometimes it's called as ignorance or it is called as avidya. Many names are given for that. But ultimate meaning is this, that the infinite starts thinking it is finite. So Jivatman, uh, I would suggest you to read in the second volume of Complete Works, a beautiful lecture called The Real and Apparent Man. The Real and Apparent Man. It is the second volume of the Complete Works of Swamiji. If you just type on Uncle Google, he will give you. Is it, is it good to go against an astrologer's prediction? Predictions are generally based on some calculations. These calculations are based on certain karmas. But man has got freedom to go against these predictions. Please go against it. If you are, if you are very sincere, so when Swami Atishwanji, about whom I just mentioned, when he was in the West, one German lady asked him, Swami, do you believe in these planets? Do you believe in these heavenly bodies influencing us? He said, yes, but I believe in more than one who controls them. I Okay, planets have some power, but I believe in somebody who controls these planets. So take refuge in God. Don't worry about the planets. Don't worry about what astrologers say. Just have faith in yourself and work out. Your astrology will change. If astrology was more powerful than God, is it astrology? God is the power, most powerful. He can, you know, if a destiny has written something here, if you have played, uh, prayed properly and if things have been going on in the right direction, what it wrote by its head, in its own hand, it will remove it also, erase it out, out also. So have faith in God. Don't believe in astrology too much. Especially predictions. Too many, too much of faith in astrology weakens the mind. Yes, it is a good thing to have some knowledge what's happening. You know, astrology does reveal many things. It can reveal your past karmas which have 
resulted in your present setup of things. That's all. Don't go much into it. So people who all the time keep thinking only of astrology, they don't take any uh, self-effort. Uh, they don't make any self-effort. They don't take right decisions. They're always worried if I do this, that planet will be displaced. If I do this, that planet will be displaced. Are? As if planets have no other work to get displaced, they only represent certain karmas. So, if you are regularly doing your prayer, you are living a good life, don't worry about planets too much. Go against it in the sense, whatever, another thing, astrologers whom we say astrologers, very often they tell you some predictions because they have their own agenda in that. They have got their own uh, uh, calculations. If I say this, then in future some yajna may have to be done. You understand what it means? He will play some role in that, some commission will come. So not all these things are very, they are very pure about it. So let us, Swamiji always said, don't believe in astrology too much. All that some knowledge is there, is also a science in itself. But main thing is, have faith in yourself, work hard. And then you will see, what is predicted about you may also change. Uh, when we are in relationship with someone, he or she, and that was past, but my heart goes a lot for that person now. Uh, is this relationship with this soul of the person, simple attachment, infatuation. He said, you know, in Ramayana it comes that uh, two logs of wood come together, they, by the force of stream of water, they travel for some time and they get separated. So if you keep thinking of your old friend, whosoever he or she, it means there is some kind of attachment there. Try to overcome this. Don't think of that. Rather, if you say relationship with soul, relationship soul is, 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 with, is eternal. It is not, it is made in one day. When it is made in one day, it will go also one day. It is never made. So it can never be unmade. That which is made will be unmade. It is ever existing. Swamiji says in one place, what is religion? It is the eternal relationship between eternal soul and eternal God. That is religion. Eternal soul, eternal God and eternal relationship. So always think of your divine nature. Don't go on, you know, past resentments, past things. It is over. Go forward now. Learn to love others with a better sense of uh, perspective. Don't try to possess others. Very often we become very possessive. He should be in my grip. Then only I call it love. That's not love. It is some kind of infatuation. There is a difference between these things. Between infatuation, between lust, between love, between a divine love. There are a lot of differences between these things. We learn to see. These are all you know, growths which happen. Swamiji says, man travels not from error to truth, but from lower truth to higher truths. So time comes, at one point of time we made some mistake, it's alright, go forward. At that time it looked very nice. As a child one day you ate mud. Now if somebody tells you, you ate mud, you don't tell my friends, 
especially don't put on Facebook that I ate mud. But at that time, that is how you saw the world. You were so such a small child, mud eating was not considered something uh, bad. It's all right. As a child, so many things happened. Now you have outgrown it. So now let us similarly, at one point of time, you saw life like that. Now you have become wiser. You are growing from lower truth to higher truth. So let us let us leave it behind. Let us go forward. How do I become more honest with others? Sometimes I am not confident to tell the truth. Sometimes the lie comes and that too automatically. Always behind any lie there is some selfish agenda. Why do I tell a lie? Because there is some desire and that desire has to be fulfilled. If I tell truth that does not fulfill that. So I tell a lie. What is the desire? Uh, the desire is that people should always call me I am successful. But I am not successful. So I tell lie. I actually passed that exam. See I did not pass the exam. But I tell I passed the exam. Why? Because I want to have a good image before others. That desire is there. Or <coughs> I want to fulfill something. And if I tell the truth, it will not happen. So I tell the untruth. There has to be some selfish desire. Then only you will tell untruth. So we'll find out. Why do you want that unselfish? Why do you want that selfish desire to exist in your life first of all? Understand life better. Understand things better. You yourself have given wrong value to certain things. You know, we give wrong value to something. It is called in Sanskrit, there is a beautiful expression for that. It's called Shobhana Adhyasa. Adhyasa means superimposition. Shobhana means beautiful. So superimposition of beautiful. There is a technical term used in Sanskrit literature. What does it mean? It means this, that a child was playing, is having car and he was playing so much, so deeply attached and somebody came and took the uh, car and dashed it on the floor. It broke into ten pieces. The child started weeping bitterly. Why? Because the child thought all beauty of life, all greatness of life, all that is worthy is in this car. But the child is still alright. Now that incident is over. Now also we have the similar thing. Now the car is more costly. Earlier the car cost only 300 rupees, now it may cost 5 lakhs. But you still exist. You are more important than car. So we have imposed worth in something. Superimposed beauty in something. Superimposed something which we want, something which is worthy of everything, which is very nice in something. It is actually not there. If it was essentially a part of your life, you would not have lived without it, but you are living without it. There were so many friends in your school which you had, so many friends. And you, when you took leave of each other, how many promises you made, we'll always keep in touch with each other, we'll write mails, we'll write letters. Where are they now? You're still living, you're still happy. It means they were not essentially a part of you. They were part of you for some time, but not essentially yourself. Find out yourself, where yourself is. 
Self is that without which you cannot live. That is self, the deepest part of our being. Everything else can come and go. Self will always be. It is. Self is. Isness is self. The very act, the very idea of existence is self. Everything comes and goes. Oh, what is this samsara? We use the word samsara. What is samsara? Samsarate. That which is always moving. If it is always moving, why should you worry? Oh, this this uh, desk has become old. Now it will break. It has to. After all, it is samsara. It has to. Now this building, beautiful building. One day it will become old. Maybe now this fan, etc. Everything will have to be removed. Maybe after 50 years, or 30 years, or 100 years. Everything in this world is samsara. Everything is moving. Then why should you feel bad about it? It is moving. We have become attached to things. We say this should, it should not move. See, we don't want change. We don't want change in these things. Why? Because essentially something within us is there which does not change, and we have superimposed that into this. That is called shobhana dhyasa. Atman never changes. The divinity in us never changes. But we are superimposed on things. And when they something goes wrong with them, we think Atman is suffering. Atman never suffers. Atman never grows. It never dies. It always is. Remember that isness, and that isness will give you strength. Swamiji says all strength comes from truth, and it is the it is strength that is needed in life. Naayamatma balahine na labhya. This life, this Atman cannot be realized by weak. Be strong. That is what Swamiji says. That if we understand that uh, uh, inherent strength which comes from the soul, from the Atman. See, the soul is English word. We say use the word Atman. The nearest word used by German philosophers is self. Now we use the word self, soul, self. But actual word is Atman. Atman means that which is ever existing within us, our divine nature. We <coughs> Uh, usually treat God in mother form or father form or guru form. Can can we treat God as our friend? If yes, that kind of uh, interactions can we have with Him? There are n number of ins- uh, instances in our literature which uh, speak of God as our friend. Their God is called Sakha or Mitra. You know, one of the names for God is Mitra. What is Mitra? Mitra is one who is friendly with all. One of the names for Surya is Mitra. Why he is friendly with all? He doesn't say, "I am shining, but I will not shine on the sinners. I will shine only on the good people." It will shine on all. It's Mitra of all. So you can look upon God as friend. In fact, he is our he is our eternal companion, eternal companion. We are not aware of his presence, but he is always with us. You treat him like friend, so your choicest friend. So you, whenever anything happens in your life, go and report it to it. Anything. Suppose you received a phone call, somebody scolded you. Go and tell. See, somebody called me, scolded like that. Or 
you got a very good marks and grades go and tell it to god make him your companion it's a very good idea it is already there in the scriptures there are five bhavas which are spoken of in the traditional sanskrit uh, tradition one of the bhava is mitra bhava sakhi bhava that looking upon god as a friend you know there is a story there are so many stories in our scripture this one story we published in our magazine some four five months back many people appreciated that story this was originally written in bengali somebody made a translation and we rewrote the whole thing the story is this it happened in ayodhya there was this uh, long long back there was some mela and uh, many sadhus had come to attend that mela this one sadhu also had come he was staying on the near the banks of uh, uh, saryu it was slightly an enclosed kind of place he will never come out he will never go for diksha he will never come and go to any temple so once there were a group of monks nearby they said what this swami ji is doing we all look upon god in a particular way somebody look upon god as a father rama as father because that is what rama is worshiped there so somebody look upon rama as mother or friend so how is he looking out what is his sadhana <coughs> let us find out so these monks went to him see now and then from where he is there some sound used to come as if he is teaching to somebody then uh, when they reach he was there he was very cordial he welcomed them and then they expressed hey swami ji what do you do what is your form of sadhana we have this form of sadhana as, as god as mother or father how do you look upon rama he said you see when i was very small i heard from my father he was reading yoga vasishta there it is said that vasishta taught rama sage vasishta taught certain things to rama i like the concept very much i thought i will also teach yoga vasishta to rama so i am rama's teacher and rama's teacher yes i have been teaching yoga vasishta to him for a long time and he comes and sits and listens to me in the original story it says that yoga vasishta was told to rama when rama was a teenager and afterwards uh, uh, he gets married to sita and the uh, rest of the ramayana takes place so anyway this uh, people said all right swami ji you, are, you teach rama you are his teacher all right but now you come and visit kanak bhavan that is a place where rama's main murti is there and people go and worship there he said no no i will not go there why no if i go there now he is married he is sitting there with the mother sita and others i am his teacher if i go he will stand up in honor and all it will create problem they say no no it nothing will happen with much persuasion they brought him there he was very very unwilling to go the story says that as soon as he enters suddenly there is a big sound rama who was sitting on the throne and sita is there suddenly that that statue gets up and everybody is wonder struck what happened the statue got up because his guru his teacher has come have to respect the teacher by the time they were searching where this man is 
he disappeared he then they found that he has gone away to some other city the the moral of the story is this that you can you can look upon god as you wish there was this dying man somewhere in a western city he used to always keep on chair nearby there was no relative of his there was no one who was used to come but some person who used to come and talk to him some friend he used to ask who is this? why you are keeping this chair here he says this is meant for my lord my jesus he comes and he sits and talks to me maybe it is an imagination but this imagination is helping him no it is making him feel the presence of somebody let him have it what is wrong with you why do you want to say that he should not have that imagination who are you to come in his way let him have that imagination i saw a picture of a young person from uh, some western country now it sounds strange he was in love with lord krishna one image of krishna with all the kirita and everything and one small thing with a back having a kind of like cha- the babies you carry you see you have got a back thing for that and with that wherever he goes he ca- carries that image with him i saw the picture where he is travelling in a bus and he will always buy two tickets one for him one for his krishna imagine this so there are people who have this kind of practice it is helping them so if it is if it helps you please make him a part of your life whichever way you look upon god there is so much of freedom in sanatana dharma so much freedom you look upon him in any way you want to look upon he is your friend he is your father mother they say only god is capable of this kind of thing that you can look upon him in any way that you can you cannot do with human beings for example man cannot be looked upon as woman and woman cannot be looked upon as man mata and pita tameva mata cha pita tameva tameva bandhuscha sakha tameva bandhu is coming there bandhu is friend tameva vidya cha dravidam tameva tameva devam sarva deva deva you are my everything so okay if you want to look upon that that's fine so with this uh, we come to the end of our, our discussion we have two more classes next sunday that is on 19th and then on 27th 20 ha huh? 20th and 27 all right thank you please take prasad